0: Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to challenge you to be present. All right, guys, this one is a task that requires mindfulness and intentionality. When we are around groups of people, or even if we're in a one-on-one situation, we can still be distracted by the noise. The noise of things that we have to do in our head or something that is pressing against our spirit. Then we have all of these outside distractions. But when you have someone in front of you, be present. And I've had to work on this over the years so this is something that i'm not just you know encouraging you to do and i'm a master at it because i'm not it's something that i have to check myself especially with today's technology age so i'm taking a class and i'm gonna finish my training today i get a certificate hooray and i love this class dearly it's. Uh, I've been in training since last year, and it's cognitive coaching. For those of you who know I'm a coach, so you know that have looked at my bio or have listened to my all about me. But I'm a I'm a coach, and I'm receiving my training today for the cognitive coaching. And yesterday during the class, Miss Sue, our presenter. I wrote down like three different things that she said in my journal that just really hit me. And this has nothing to do, like, it, you know, oh, you've got to wear the coaching hat and you need to be doing this, you know, for professional. No, this is with life. Like, the skills that I have learned with cognitive coaching they transfer in any area of life but yesterday it was you know it was kind of like a closeout she was you know she we're coming near the end of the training but she was like be present and I was like yes you know and so there was a lady sitting beside me and we've um, shared coaching practices when we were doing like the training sessions with each other in the past and I don't know her, you know, other than that, other than outside of that. And so when, in the morning, when she saw me before the training began, she saw me posting up my links of the podcast to my Instagram and she said, oh, you're on social media. And I was like, yes, I am. And and I told her that I was an author and that I was building up my platform. She was like, oh, I'll follow you. And she went on and she was like, oh, wow, you post like every day. And I'm like, well, I'm really trying, you know. I'm trying hard to, you know, reach an audience and just, you know, get my work out there. And, you know, she followed, which was cool, you know. And it gave me strength to be able to talk about what I'm doing. You know, the more that we talk about what we're doing, the better so later when we had a break in the training she turned to me and I started engaging in conversation you know so you know I've told you what I've been up to lately I'd love to hear what's going on with you and if I would not have been present in that moment I would have missed a beautiful testimony Like an anointed, prophetic testimony. And when she started to talk to me, she came to a point of hesitancy. And I could see it. And she drew back. It was almost like a physical drawing back, even though her spirit was the one saying, check this situation. And she said, I don't know if, you know, you're into things like this. and you know, I'm sorry, and I'm like, okay, here's what you don't know about me, okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, Christian ministry, girl, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I'm into this stuff. Yeah, this is my thing. <laughs> and then it, she, the, the wall that she started to build up completely broke down, and she leaned in. And with her leaning in, I knew that I was gonna have a wonderful story that was gonna bless me, and it did. And she shared like a journey that she's been on, a personal journey, and then gave praise to God right in the middle of a room filled with people, noise, break, movement, And it was honestly like the whole room was not there. And then when I come out of that conversation, then I start to notice the people beside me. Then I start to notice that's how I am when I'm engaging with people. But that took me years of practice. And thank you all for being like faithful listeners with me and putting up with me because those of you who have been for me in the beginning and know that when I start to engage in conversation, sometimes I will go off the rails and I will digress and I will get sidetracked and then I'll have to pull myself back into the conversation that we're having because something will pop into my mind. But I think a lot of that is is that you know we're not face to face. And I'm not scripted, and I don't have an outline. Um, If I would, I would read, because I'm on the big road right now. And, you know, four lanes of traffic, as we speak. (laughs) But when you're in an opportunity to be with someone, really be there. Last year, I learned a valuable tip. If you have your cell phone with you, you're going to be more likely to look at it if you have it up on the table, so, you know, things like that, little simple things. Oftentimes, you know, I'll turn my cell phone over as an indication of, you know, the time that I have with this person in front of me, you know, if it dings, I'm not going to look down because my cell phone just turned over. There are other times when I will just put my cell phone, you know, in my pocket, you know, I'll put it in my lap and I'll just remove it from, you know, the perimeter of sight. And that's a great tip to help you become more present. Especially like with my cell phone, like I'm constantly getting calls or dings and emails and they're coming in because I've set my notifications to do that. So I have to be very mindful that when I do start a conversation with someone, just hitting that volume button and turning that phone over really removes that out of sight, out of mind, and it puts me in the moment. So yesterday, I was in a second break. I went to go pull out my computer because I had to send a quick email. They were about to cancel a field trip that I'm taking my students on next week, and I was about to panic because I knew I had turned in paperwork in November, so I wanted to not do that on my phone, of course, because I had the itinerary on my laptop. Another tip is when you're in places, you know, maybe not have your computer open and up. Now, for, for the lady beside me, she did notes the whole time. That's what she did. She was storing notes. Me, I journal. So my journaling notes were beside me. So if you use your computer for transcription for voice recording, those kind of things, go right ahead. But if but what I would also notice is that other people would be absent-minded, checking emails, doing other work. That takes you outside of being present. It puts you in that email. It puts you, you know, in that environment where you're not, you're split brained. So I've learned also to keep my computer away. Well, I pulled my computer up and I made the email. And when I was pulling out my computer, I found the history of love. Now, I'm telling you guys, if those of you who are on my Twitter, you know that I lost that book. I was frantic. I took the book into the classroom to show the kids what I was reading now because we're modeling reading every day with students. So... I had already bookmarked a section because one of my students is getting a job at a nursing home. And it is from an elder's point of view for the protagonist. So I wanted to read the part about how he just wanted to be seen. Because I think that that could be very inspiring and profound for her. And to let her know that when she's working with elders you know, spending special care and just giving them a word, you know, could be what they would need each day. So so I was going to talk with them about making eye contact, smiling, engaging in conversation. Through this book, I was going to use the book as that catalyst. Well, I took the book into the classroom and then I lost it, or I thought I lost it and of course when i'm closing out the class period the kids are coming up to me they're talking about you know driver's ed or they're wanting to know this or they're asking me about you know a class or help and i get sidetracked easily so i didn't remember that i put it in one of the pockets of my book sack so now i can finally pick up the book of love the history of i keep calling it that that's that cartoon the history of love and pick right back up over the weekend. And I'm sure I will finish that either tonight or tomorrow. Because uh, it is an amazing book. But when the when I saw it, I was just exuberant. And I let out, I know, an audible, excited yay. <laughs> so the presenter, I guess it piqued her interest that she came over. And I told her I thought I lost my book. And then... She starts talking to me about books. And I'm like, okay. She said, I don't know the name of it. You have to read it. You have to read it. I'm like, okay, I need the name of it because I'm taking recommendations for my challenge. And I learned about the challenge and how to talk to people about the challenge, too. Because when I made the... in the, I'm going to call it a mistake, that I made the 70 challenge, I really could see by someone's face that they were crestfallen, that, oh my gosh, she picked 70, I picked 10 to read for the year, I'm not good enough, and that's where that comparison game comes in, and I was like, oh no, 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 you know, you just set goals, I'm setting my goal, because I homeschool, you know, I know I'm going to be reading double the books, and because I'm a literacy coach, and I'm going to be reading, you know, in the classroom for a model, I'm going to be, you know, reading another book with my class and so I'm like you know I have these a lot of opportunities to read so that's what I told this person to kind of make them feel less guilty. So now I don't tell the number at all. You guys know my number because you're following the podcast. But I'm, I have found that that backfired. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to make people feel guilty and like, oh, my gosh, they're not good enough or she's better because that's not what it's for. Seven's my lucky number. You know that, guys. I multiplied it. And if Jody can do it, I say, hey, so can I. I can try my best to do it. And if, I'm, if I don't get it, it's not like I'm going to you know, have books come at me off the shelf and start attacking me, you know. That's not gonna happen they might my sleep, but they're not gonna do it in real life. So I'm good, you know, I'm good. So she shared with me the Tattooist of Auswitch and I took a picture. She wrote it on a sticky note. She went and found the book title. I took a picture of it, and that way in case I lose the sticky note, I'll have it on my pictures when I'm scrolling through to do all of my sharing on social media. I always see my pictures. And there we go. I got another book recommendation. Well, when she came back to me later, she was like, okay, I've got to share something else with you. And she sat down beside me And when I turned and I focused in on her, that's it. That's the person I'm talking to. Everything else fades away. She's showing me her Kindle. She's showing me another book. And she's like, okay, this is about an orphanage. And it's about this lady who steals babies. And I'm going, oh my gosh. You know, I've never read a book like this. And honestly, my mind went back to this old Young and the Restless character that i just despised this antagonist from back in the day i don't know if you guys remember that from young and the restless but she she had that big red hair i do not even remember her name but she played that evil woman who was stealing babies well i'm like okay this is something you know never read anything like that before that i know of i can remember definitely want to read this one too so i took a picture of her kindle screen And then she starts talking to me about books, and I'm sharing with her, you know, some things that I'm learning. I talk to her about what I learned by reading Station Eleven, because we were talking about reading outside of our comfort zone. And, you know, sharing those moments with somebody, when she got up to leave, then I noticed, oh, she was sitting in a seat that I had saved for my friend, and my friend was now in another seat waiting patiently. Like Like, it goes away. And that's what i mean about being present being present means that you are engaged you are full attention and you are listening so a trick about listening is not listening to formulate your questions while someone is talking to you because we often would do that i know i used to do it i don't know if you can do this and separate yourself without intentionality but A long time ago, when I would engage in conversation with people, it would honestly be for the longest time, I would be formulating ways to respond in my head. And whether that would be lack of self-confidence, or I wanted to make sure that I sounded right, or that I was given the most sound advice. So while the person was in the middle of discussing things with me, I would be formulating all of these different scenarios. Well, then that removes me from being present. That turns it back on me. You know, what am I going to say back? Not what are they actually saying in the moment? And I found that with training myself to listen to people, and then pausing right after the listening then i could formulate a question or say something back to them you know in the paraphrase or just sit and just give a oh wow you know oh i want to know more you know and just and let the conversation go and let the conversation be what it is but that took me years to develop that skill i really believe that that is something that you know, works for me now and it has really enriched my ability to be able to speak with people but actually be present with people and listen. So I'm thinking about my future and how this applies to authors. When we have a reader approach us in the future, when we're meeting with people, when we're pitching our book, when we're Going to conferences, when we're, you know, connecting, when we're anything, A, B to C to Z, be present. Just be present. Be there. Listen. Be involved. And I do believe that by doing that, You know, you will forge a deeper connection with the people that are staring at you and across from you. And if you miss something that they said because you did get distracted, just be honest and authentic and say, gosh, that distracted me a second. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? (laughs) Um, We're human. It's not like we're listening robots and that we can filter everything out. I just try to be very mindful of the person in front of me or the people in front of me. Now when there's a larger group in front of me, that tends to be a little bit more difficult for me to do a focused attention. And I find myself like wanting to go back and and get distracted. So that's when I have to pull myself back in with these silent reminders that I do in my head. So I want you to practice this weekend or the upcoming week or today on really listening to people, making eye contact, building rapport with them, opening up conversations, because if I would have never done that, I would never have been blessed with that testimony from that lady beside me. And when people share their God things with me, when they share their God stories with me, it's powerful for me. It's not that it's like faith reaffirming, like I need that to believe in the Lord, but it just is like those hooray moments where I want to, you know applaud the work that God is doing in my sister's life and praise God and say, God, thank you, you know, for supplying her needs. Thank you for giving her strength. Thank you, God, you know, for you know, all the grace that you have bestowed upon her and she is living, you know, as a testimony to you. And she is sharing what you've done for her to strangers as we should. And the only thing that I can say to that, and and I could be completely wrong, but I'm going to say it, but when you are present with people, I want you to think of that word, present. When you are present with people, you are receiving the gift. You're giving them a gift because you're acknowledging them. You're acknowledging where they are, their existing state, their emotions, their situation, their circumstance, whatever their story is. You're acknowledging that. And then you're going to be the one that's inspired. And hopefully you'll be able to inspire them as well. And that's how we should plug into one another. Present, being present. Present. So, I'm just very grateful for classes like this that, you know, you say, well, that was just for professional work. Oh, no. Oh, no. The art of listening can truly, truly change our relationships. And being present definitely can. I will tell you that. I was also courageous yesterday because we were, we had a moment where someone was talking about they needed someone to vent for too. And the person in the um, room was talking about it's very difficult for coaches because we don't have someone that we can go to. Well, I looked at my friend sitting beside me because we depend upon one another. We're both coaches. Um, we do not share similar school experiences or, or similar situations, but we do share the Lord. And we know that we are honest with each other and we will be there for each other. And so I think that that is valuable to have that. So I made the comment. I spoke up and I said, that's what we do. We do this all the time. You know, you need to find that one person. And so when the presenter, Ms. Sue, was like, you know, what's to say you can't? contact people in this room? What's to say you can't reach out to these people? And somehow, in my spirit, it said, now's the time to get out your business card. You've got your number on there. Pass it around. And so at my table, that is exactly what I did. I pulled out my business card, and I passed it to the four ladies at my table. And other than Rama, the exchange student, that sits with me at lunch, comes in my office and hangs out at lunch with me. He's from Indonesia. Um, I gave Rama my first business card out in the public. Like, my husband got my business cards. And he left them on the counter. You see how much um, he put those in his wallet. <laughs> uh, what's in your wallet? Not my business cards. But I did give them to the first one that I did. I said, can I practice something on you? he said sure and I'm like I would like to hand you this this is my business card and I handed him my business card (laughs) and he laughed and said oh you know and that was safe for me and I did it with a student first so I could practice and then to yesterday it just came so natural and so don't you know I'm telling you to create business cards don't just keep them put away. When you leave from talking with people, leave them your business card. Say, hey guys, you know, I just wanted to share this. If you ever need to talk, or you can text me. Or, you know, if you wanna look at my sites, there they go. And you, cause my website, Jen Lowry Writes, is on my business card. My business, Monarch Educational Services, you know, is listed there. So that's, you know, what I would encourage you to do after you're present with people. Now, on my business card, I wrote, you are valuable to God. Because maybe they needed to read that statement, not even to see my, you know, it's not about my name, it's about the Lord. And when you are together, with two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there also. Just know when it's you, you are carrying the Holy Spirit with you. and You're praying to the Holy Spirit when you're in conversations, when you're engaging with readers. You know, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Give me the understanding. Give me the patience. Give me the focus. Give me a listening ear. Those are prayers that we can pray in the moment. And the Holy Spirit will equip us with what we need. Even in the middle of a large conference room, even in the middle of a loud family meeting, a family dinner, be present. There was a quote that I wrote down from Miss Sue yesterday. I wrote it down in my journal, and it was at one of the very beginning opening conversations that she was leading with the group. And you know, there's a lot of times when I see people. I see. I almost turned off the wrong one. Sorry. That's why I said, "Oh." (laughs) Um, I see people struggling with their identity in the workplace. Like, what is their position? What is, you know, what is their purpose? What do they do? What really is their job? Well, with my coaching role, I have four very clear coaching responsibilities. There are other coaches that do not have a firm grasp on what those responsibilities are and they have blurred lines. Um, either they're being pulled by, you know, different avenues and they have to mark other on their calendar because they're being told to do many things that are outside of their job description. And so I do know that a lot of coaches are struggling with that identity. And I've had those conversations even, you know, with my friends that are coaches. Like, so then, you know, what is your identity? What is, you know, what is the role? Go back to your role. Think of it as an umbrella. And so I've always thought about those four roles that I have. I'm an instructional specialist, a curriculum specialist. I'm a learning facilitator. I'm a classroom supporter. And those are my four roles. And so then I always thought of literacy coach as being like the title of my umbrella. And those are like the little raindrops that are falling around with the other things. Consultation, you know, classroom management, lesson planning, and, you know, observations. And then you think about all of those other raindrops that are coming at you and hitting you. But you know what? yesterday what she said to me I wrote that down because it's my umbrella is not literacy coach and this was a, a change a shift for me and I don't know why like I've never thought of it like this before but she said and I don't have my journal out it's in my books act but I'm just gonna try to say what she said I'm gonna paraphrase whatever you guys understand y'all love me um and I love y'all too, but she said, your job is to be present for people. And somehow that was almost like, okay, the seeds have already been planted in me. That was almost like she was the watering can and I had one of these, you know, magic olive trees and it just started springing forth and bursting forth. And my spirit just leapt. And I said, oh, I have to write that down. You know, that's my job. Just to be present for people. And not even, I like the choice for four people. I am for people. So that way it's not just, you know, I'm present with people. I'm sitting beside people. I'm sitting across from people, coaching them. I'm for them as well. So, that's our jobs. And when I was having a family conversation with Sam last night, Sam and I were going, and he was going to try something new, and he was feeling anxiety, I know he was, about the issue of trying something new. And he was talking himself up, and, and we started talking about the Lord, and he was like, but, you know, so so what is the purpose, you know? And I was like, you know what? The purpose is to love one another. It's just to love one another. That's it. Love your neighbor as yourself, love God, love one another. Love the Lord with all of your heart. That's our that's it. That's our purpose. And when we love one another, everything else is cast aside. Fear, worry, perception, Assumptions, stereotypes, negative emotion. When we love, there's just love. There's just joy. There's just, you know, wanting what's best for that other person. Celebration. And so, yes, you know, when we love, we're able to be present you know, that do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. You know, I would pray that when I'm speaking with people or I have an opportunity to meet authors and, you know, that they're listening to me too, that they're present with me too. So care about people, love people, and be present.